All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third edition of the podcast for Culture Dig. What do we got on the uh, docket today, guys? Well, we're going to start with some movie trailers. What did you call it, Jimmers? Oh, Trailer Park. In a world, 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 in a land, in an age, in the future, in every age, in the future. We're calling it the trailer park, I believe. And the trailer uh, park where dumb we have dumb reactions to coming attractions. Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, our first trailer we have to, and I do mean have to discuss, came out, what was it, Thursday, like 3 p.m., like the shit rolled downhill because I, I was texting both of you like, holy shit, watch this. You got to do it right now. Uh, of course, some of you were driving and some of you just weren't paying attention, but I was like sitting there rewatching and watching the new Force Awakens trailer number two. And for make- some of us who were driving, it didn't make a difference. Does that make me a bad we nerd? Watched it anyway. Does that make me a bad nerd? I only watched uh, it once. Yeah, you might get your. Oh, life. really? I only watched it once, man. I'm well, sorry. That's the first thing I was going to talk about is how many times did you watch this? Because <laughs> every person I've talked to, even at work, people are just casual Star Wars fans. They're like, I spent an hour watching that. I did the same thing. I, I watched it three times in the car. And didn't crash somehow. And I got home. Wait, you were actually, I, I thought you were just like listening to the you audio. No, 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 no. Like I have it up here, like on the dashboard and I'm like watching it like, holy shit, is that a superstar destroyer? Oh like, my God. And I got home and I put it on the TV. <laughs> I have like a 42 inch flat screen and I'm standing four feet away with the surround watching, sound on. Yeah. And I watched it over and over again for probably an hour. Well, if you ever die in a car crash right after some major trailer comes out, we'll know why. Yeah. yeah well, and I'll be laying there my last uh, my dying breath. Your eulogy. That was awesome. <laughs> be like for like Chewy. episode nine. Chewy, we're home. He was- <laughs> All right. So uh, we got we got to break it down, guys. What what do you think about this shit? Especially since our first ever episode had to do with how much hope we were putting into this new episode. So what what did the trailer mean to you? What, it, how's it coming off to you? It still looks good, but I have been fooled before. I think it looks a lot better. I feel like in the first one, they were trying to dodge the fact that it was like inhabiting the same franchise. And I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, the prequels, like, that's the obvious answer. But, like, why weren't they throwing it? So, like, why do we not see Han and Chewie and, and have the voiceover like we had in this one? And I guess they're trying to, you know, save something for the imagination for later. All right. That's fine. I can say I like the opening that I had the Lucasfilm thing. Yeah. Did you guys have a reaction to that? Because when I first saw that. I thought it was another parody. Yeah, I thought that? it was like another shitty yeah, yeah, trailer. Yeah, like, oh, the, the fake Lucas one this is for the press trailer. Do you guys remember I, yeah, that? Yeah. I always wonder when I click on one of these if it's going to be something that somebody just right. pieced together and like, motherfucker. Yeah. One of us has been fooled before. I don't know if you were fooled by that fake one. I, I wasn't because I already, like, already knew, knew it was fake. Yeah, I, I was a suggested link and I clicked on it. Okay. And I thought it was right. So I've, I've seen like fake ones before. Um, I'm just glad that it wasn't Cinderella's castle at the beginning. <laughs> so I'll, I'll take the Lucasfilm logo. Speaking Definitely. of Link, I, I, I got fooled by the by the Zelda trailer. There's a Zelda trailer. Yeah, oh, there's a know. there's a supposed Zelda oh. movie coming out. All, all <laughs> right, so uh, there there was quite a bit of talk about whose voiceover that was in the beginning, and there was really? actually yeah yeah I know I know there was actually some issue with whether or not that was in fact Luke. Skywalker speaking in the beginning, but I think we I th- can all hear. No, I thought it was for me. I thought uh, it was. No, no, no. It, it definitely is. It's funny. Yeah. Like, I was reading this article, and these these commenters were just lambasting this this writer. Like, how can what kind of fan can you be if you cannot fucking recognize 
this audio. Of course, this is Luke Skywalker. He just it's sounds just a little older. from Return of the Jedi. And according to what happened at the uh, Star Wars celebration that's been going on since Thursday, was uh, Mark Campbell said in the panel that, yeah, that's my audio re-recorded with my present voice, my older voice. Yeah, he just sounds a little older. Yeah, it yeah. happens. Yeah, and he adds one line at the end, right? Yeah, You course. have it, too. So, what, look at that scene right there. What do you think about uh, the handoff of what looks to be Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber? Who do you um, think it was to? What is it both, hands, Daisy? both hands look feminine to me. Yeah, Daisy Ripley. Is that the actress's right. name? Right, and then the, the, the so character's name is Ray, And then that leaves us like, who's handing off the, the lightsaber? So is John Boyega not going to be force sensitive, or uh, I don't. I think that's a TBD, man. To well, be determined. One of the original no. rumors I'd heard about it was supposed to be something about John Boyega. They, they said some stormtrooper, so I assume it's John Boyega finds Luke's hand with a lightsaber, and so uh, who who is handing off? Can you see the hands? I mean, not to be racist or anything, but I think we could kind of tell if. Yes. Well, no, it's not racist. It's just factual. All right, so you, uh, John Boyega, Force-sensitive. I don't necessarily think he is, but I guess there could be stranger things. He could just be the Han. He could just be the Han. Uh, then we, we have this uh, Poe Dameron, Oscar Isaac's character. What are you guys thinking about that? Is he the X-Wing pilot? He is the X-Wing pilot. Uh, I, I think he's going to be chewy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> he's going to get hit in the throat early on. <laughs> All right. I just think the John Boyega guy, I don't know if he's force sensitive, but he seems to be really prone to panic attacks. Oh, yeah. Every, every single scene is him like sweating. sweating what, what does this audition look like? They're like, I, I want you to pant and look around. Oh, not wet enough. Uh, intern, can you get some butter in here? Hold still. <laughs> oh, my. Hold still. Butter? Now I want you to lay on the ground. Pant. <laughs> dripping. Dripping. Or it could just be it's really fucking hot in Tunisia. Did they film it in Tunisia again? I doubt that it is filmed in Tunisia. In fact, have you guys, the word coming out of the uh, Star Wars Celebration camp there that's going on in Anaheim is that this is not, in fact, Tatooine, that this is a planet called Jakku. J-A-K-K-U. Jakku? Yes. Jackoff was taken? Yes. And apparently the uh, <laughs> the ice planet that is briefly shown uh, is also... A different planet is most certainly not Hoth. I'm actually relieved they're not reusing these planets. We've got an entire galaxy full of planets. Europa. But we seem, seem to be stuck on the same five or six. Seems a little ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so thankfully, they are using some different planets. But have you guys seen this? Uh, I was just looking at this this morning, as a matter of fact, that the Rebellion is no longer called the Rebellion. And the Empire, if you notice the... the uh, the symbol that was used in the trailer is rebranded. It's it's rebranded, and they're they're called the First Order, and the rebellion is now called oh, the, the Resistance. All right, this was interesting because in that opening shot where it shows the, the speeder going across in the fore, kind of foreground, like the middle ground, mm -hmm. and I assume that it's supposed to be Daisy. It's Ripley. got the X wing in the in the front, and it's got the Star Destroyer in the back. Yeah, it's got the Star Destroyer yeah, in the back. I missed the X wing. Yeah, it's hard to notice because you're like, holy shit, Star Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it was only through like the fourth or fifth time watching my. Like, I, oh, I never noticed it. There. I, I there's an X-wing in front of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, no, I totally missed it. It's like that picture wow. with the nude girl in the background, and there's like. Stuff oh yeah, you're, you're you're instantly distracted by the the uh, <laughs> monstrosity of the. It's like, look at the size of those shipwrecked you know. Star Destroyer. Yeah. But yeah, there's a crashed X-wing in the sand. Towards you know the front of the camera, you have Daisy Ridley, Ridley you know riding in the middle, and then you yeah. got the back the backdrop of the. I feel really trailer. embarrassing. I thought I watched this trailer to death. Like I wrung <laughs> everything out of it that you I possibly dumbass. could, and you just smoked me. Well, I, I timed it because you actually see the shot of her riding on the speeder, <laughs> presumably her, with the the Star Destroyer in the background, and it holds on that for sixteen seconds. 
So this is yeah. <laughs> this is what I was talking about before, like with the original trailer, trailer one, because this is something Lucas would never ever do. Like if you were gonna have like here I'm establishing this shot and there's this awesome fucking thing in the background and you see the, the Imperial Star Destroyer in the ground, you would see it for like three seconds and then a Ronto would walk oh. by, <laughs> by the game. You know what I mean? Oh. Or Jar Jar Binks would step Jar Jar. in, in, in shit or something. still alive. Yeah. You know, like you would never have a shot <laughs> like that. Terrible. You know, it's just like really cool. But it reminded me a lot, you'd be surprised by this, of A New Hope. Because I always think about like the very first shot you see you see the Rebel Corvette, and then coming in over top of it is a Star Destroyer right. opening fire. And, like, there's no need for any further narrative. Like, you don't need any more text. Like, you just understand, like, here are the oppressed, you know, the, re- the rebellion, which is, like, really outgunned. And here is the overwhelming power of an Imperial force, you know, firing down. On the- and, like, you understand everything, like, good, evil, weak, strong. Like, everything is laid out in one shot. And I felt like this is kind of the same thing. Like, I see that one shot, and it's like here was like the greatest force in the entire universe. And this is what it's been brought to. And now it's like the next ben, step. Ben laid like, low. Ben laid All right. Low. So uh, wait, I, the, what I remember of a new hope is that, that man, look at the size of that ship. Yeah. And then, holy shit, that ship's a shit ton bigger. Dwarfs it. Just immediately showed how outmatched they were. Right. The rebellion was. Yeah. Nowadays in a movie, they would have to have some kind of dialogue about how many more forces and ships they have or something. No, like that was it. That like in one, one screenshot, like you understood the entire nature like, of the See this big ship? No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I know Han is a good pilot and he probably knows a lot about the internals of a, uh, of a Star Destroyer, but flying up the ass end of it, Seems a that was like, bullshit. Yeah, that was bullshit. It's like, oh come on! Dude, yeah, no, 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 no. Oh, the fucking naysaying. Okay, it's, it's a callback. It's yeah. a callback. Yeah, I, I want to say I hate people use the phrase "the feels." You know what the feels means? Oh yes. No. No. Okay, you do because you're Cause around teenagers the, a lot. Yes. Yes. No comment. It's the nature of our job. Yeah. What is the feels? It's like you're overwhelmed with emotions, and I always say when people say that because it, it's like we're too self conscious about how we feel in the the postmodern era to just say like I had a strong emotional response. So we have to we have to like belittle our own emotions, but like I got the feels like bad uh, at, at, that, at that scene or just the whole thing. No, 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 no like the entire thing. Oh, okay, and this is this is kind of like because I'm going to talk about this is one of, one of the few negatives. I've heard about you it. caught feelings. I've heard that one that What's, expression. What do you, you call it? You caught feelings. Caught feelings. Yeah, uh, yeah. I caught some feelings. feelings. Yeah, hooked on a feeling. But you know, like I, I already it was bad already because of like the John Williams score and like That's I saw awesome. the Millennium Falcon and the voiceover. Dude, and, that was great use of the score. Yeah. Like, oh, phenomenal. Oh, yes, well, it was perfect. It, it's hard to miss with that score, though, man. It's awesome. It is true, yeah. If they put that score over, just clips of Jar Jar. Well, <laughs> quit no. saying the name. I know. But, you know, at the very end, where you finally see Han and Chewie, and he's like, Chewie, we're home. Oh, and, yeah. oh, oh. So, do you think he was referring to the Millennium Falcon? Like, that, the that's Millennium, what I assume. Yeah. Millennium Falcon's yeah. been sitting in, like, dry dock on this junk planet for... Yeah. Ages and did, oh hey shit here it is. Did you notice how rusty? After. Did you notice how rusty it looked? Um, uh, you mean exactly them? like it did in, uh, in A New Hope? It looked a little more rusty, crusty. <laughs> Maybe a I little think in the bit. expanded universe, it's supposed to be like over a hundred years old or something. Yeah, well, yeah. and plus it was it was it was rusty in the New Hope, but then they kind of cleaned it up a little bit. You know, once they got some backing, a little bit. The... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But no, it, it still looked junky. But yeah. I, I didn't think it looked. It's the fastest junk in the think galaxy. That's a testament to J.J. Abrams paying attention to the details. Is that the Millennium Falcon still? Look shitty, and I love like <laughs> Han says, "Hey, we're home," and Chewie's like, "Ooh!" Like he's like, "It even smells like shit." I mean, you just imagine that is what Chewie's saying. Yeah, so, I don't know much about the Millennium Falcon and stuff, but I do know that it's thirty-five meters long and twenty-six meters wide. Are you talking about me? And I know the the ass big, end, big boy. Yeah, I know an Imperial Star Destroyer is 
800 meters wide at its widest point. And it has the three primary engines in the back, and the width of them works out to about 90 meters each, but then the actual exhaust port within the exhaust cone is only about a third of that. So we're talking about 30 meters and a ship that's 26 meters wide flying into it and then going through the entire... Assuming this is actually the Imperial Star Destroyer you see. Maybe it's a shot. Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. But I, I think... Isn't like it an Imperial Star Destroyer or a Super Star Destroyer? Yeah. No, there's a Star Destroyer, and then there's like the the Imperial Star Destroyer, and then the Super Star Destroyer, which was the uh, Executor. Yeah, Executor, Darth Vader's flagship was the Executor, which plunges into the heart of the Death Star like a dagger in the end of Return. Right, and if you see it, uh, I'm talking about the right one. It's um, 1,600 meters long, and the Death Star Two was 160 kilometers wide. So it's it's almost exactly one percent of the diameter of a Death Star. Like if you remember that scene, like you can hardly see the curve of the surface of the Death Star. Because, like, it's so tiny in comparison to the actual Death Star 2. Right, yeah. Like, it really, it really is quite small. So, so, I'm like, the Millennium Falcon barely fit into the Death Star 2. Like, it, like equipment is fucking flying off and antennas yeah. and satellite dishes are flying everywhere. So, it's just going to fly into the well, ass. Well, here's the thing. Like, in the, in the trailer, I'm not so convinced that's a Star, that's a star Destroyer. Oh, I agree. It may not be. I, I mean, I mean like, yeah. it might be con- something completely unrelated. Like, it's a minute and 45 minutes long, and, and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, ringing the crap out of it. But that's what it looks like. And I'm like, eh. Because here's what I'm saying. Like, if it didn't have Chewie and Han at the end, and it didn't have the voiceover with Luke, and it didn't have the score from John Mil- Williams, like, we would be, like, nitpicking the hell out of this stuff. I mean, people and, were anyway. Uh, uh, do you think they they filmed the end when he stopped and did the 140 point turn to get back out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're just gonna go right into to a fuel tank or something. Where's that gonna end? No, we're good, man. No, we're good. All right. So, uh, what's the other trailer that got released this week? Terminator Genesis. Like, it looks it looks pretty good. Um, it has um Daenerys. The, yes, Amelia, uh, one of the loves of my life here, yeah, Amelia um, Clark. And I I do prefer her with the dark hair. Obviously, I like dark haired women. Uh, however, I I had much more of an issue with this trailer. Uh, talk about nitpicking. I think uh, this is something that Jemmers had not caught on to. I don't know if you had. But from the looks of it, they're making John Connor into the antagonist. Yeah. And it looked very campy, the whole thing. It it, it does. Some of the CG looks not very well made. Um, I meant like the, the, the dialogue oh, and some oh, of the shit. Oh, yeah. They did there, was there's quite campy. that part. And as much as I want to love this movie, this trailer took away some of the faith that I was harboring from this movie. Like the, the uh, it definitely alludes to some sort of like Faustian deal that John Connor has made in the future to become, well, in the words of the trailer, not man, not Terminator, <laughs> something new. It, um, it looked to me like it might not be a great movie. It might not even be a good movie, but probably still be a fun movie. Well, there is that. There is that. What it's do you think, Jeffers? Having fun. I thought it looked like it would be a fun movie, too. I totally missed the thing about John Connor being a Terminator-ish creature. Oh, really? Creature. The first time I saw well, I saw it, and I assumed, he, like, because I saw him get shot in the garage, presumably in the hospital, and I thought he was a T-1000, made yeah, to look like so John Yeah, so did I Connor. for a second. And I'm yeah. like, how stupid are these people? Like, if, like, there's no way John Connor came back in time. They would have known about that crap. So how are they getting fooled by this? And I totally missed all the exposition. And the th- there were other people in the room and stuff, and I was just kind of watching it in the background. Okay. And I missed all the exposition initially about like he's he's made the deal with the devil because he has to survive at all costs and stuff. But I was thinking it would be interesting if because like they're always capturing and reprogramming Terminators. Like they've established that over T two T three. Chronicles. Yeah. Like so, what if like you know something just completely bizarre was causing the death of John Connor? You know, like he he just came down with cancer, like his mother or something. But he wants to carry on the revolution and the rebellion with mankind. So like they capture a Terminator and map his brain and upload it into a term. I thought like that would be cool. 
But then I kind of look at it and I'm like, no, this is just dog shit. So I don't. I think it might be fun. And shouldn't I think fun is the most we're we're gonna get out of this? Yeah. And really, wouldn't the easiest solution to be go public, have the Terminator go public in a big way, and say bunches of me are going to kill all you guys unless you do nuclear disarmament? But then we would have no story, Jeffrey. Come on. <laughs> this is kind of like the Sarah Connor Connors Chronicles because it's like. Why would you just send a Terminator back to kill Sarah or kill John? She was hot. And then, like, you have this Terminator who's back in time with, like, 30 years of knowledge of what's going to happen. Like, they could use that. Like, why, why wouldn't the T-1000 then turn into, well, when did that movie come out? 91? You know, go turn into to George W. George H. W. Bush and, like, take over the government. Dun, and dun, have dun, Yeah, dun, and, and then they could just, like, impose like universal robot rights before the rising of Skynet and something. And then they could, you know, like have equality with mankind Correct. or have like a no humans, but like you wouldn't just send a Terminator back, like kill one person. Cause you do that in 10 minutes. And then what are you going to do? Was that the issue with, was it machine rights? Was that the issue? Why they destroyed us? Well, it's never really explained. That's yeah, because like, like when they wipe out humanity, I'm like, what are they going to do? Like all the Terminators are going to shut up. Like they have a military industrial complex going on. What's your motivation? Determined to wiping out mankind. Like, eventually, they lose, in which case it doesn't matter what their motivation is. But then, like, if they win, what are you going to do? So, the like, are they, gonna, you know, are they just going to shut down everything and just, like, form a giant hive mind? Nope. And become People a, are going to be batteries. Yeah. They're just going to realize, well, shit, now we have nothing to do. I guess switch off? I don't know. All right. Well, the uh, third trailer we wanted to talk about in the trailer park was something. <laughs> I, <clears throat> it's a little bit more under the radar. It's by Jim Ools, the screenwriter for Fight Club. Fight Club. Club. <clears throat> So, uh, I think you guys all watched this, correct? I watched it. All right, so what do you guys think? Uh, we're thinking Dune slash Moby Dick, but hopefully something else entirely. That's what I thought you the first time I saw it. I said, Moby Dick. Yeah, I, I, I think Moby Dick's a really good point. The first time I saw it, I was like, that's Dune. That's yeah, good. yeah. Because, like, not only that, like, they have, like, the spice eggs. Like, we have to harvest the <laughs> eggs of the uh, sky worms instead of sandworms. <laughs> True. And, and that looked like Dune. And I but. immediately started trying to break down the physics of how it could fly. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this it's on a gassy me. giant or something. Yeah, I know. I, I heard you talking about this, and it kind of upset me, because like, I just had like suspension of disbelief. I'm like, this looks really good. But um, in, is it 2010, um, Odyssey 2, I think the novel, they're talking about like the flying creatures that inhabit um, Jupiter, because he retcons it to make sure like the, the first novel happens on Jupiter, just like the movie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then, but they have like these flying creatures, and then the firstborn decide that the flying creatures are more valid as beings than mankind. So then they're going to wipe out mankind and, and let them, right. but like it reminded me of the flying creatures on Jupiter. Cause it was supposed to be like, it was a super Europa. dense gas yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. So like these giant creatures somehow fly. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, it's a little bit hard. Now some, some of the, you know, the actual scientists, when they theorize about, you know, gas giant creatures living in gas giants, they always theorize kind of a balloon filled with a slightly lighter than, than the whatever type of gas they're floating in. Yeah. So they can control it. But ah, that seems weird. <laughs> All right, guys, are we bringing anything else to the trailer park here? No, I just, I like Leviathan. I, I thought like the way it was set out is so different from the other trailers. It is. Because they're all like bits and pieces. It's just, and this it's is, a scene. Yeah, this yeah, is just yeah. like four minutes of our movie. And it looked right. great. It does. It, it looks really good. And it was weird too, because like, who do you sympathize in it? Because it talked about like the opening, it has like the thing with the text. And it talked about involuntary labor is used to hunt down the creatures. AKA slaves. Yeah, AKA, AKA slaves. Ben Affleck's slaves. <laughs> you guys see and that? also, no. uh, we'll talk about that later. I wonder if the Leviathans are um, sentient at all. Uh, that's actually a reasonable question. I kind of assume they were because the one in the film seems really smart. Yeah, obviously. And also, like, they seem very sympathetic. Like, we're not just going after them. Like, we have to harvest their eggs. Like, we're going after the female ones and slicing them out of their wombs. And uh, 
But then again, like, should you be sympathetic with the humans having to do this also? Because they're in they're enslaved doing this, right? Yeah, right. So just really got to be mad at the fuckers pulling the strings. Right. Indeed. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the trailer park. Cut it. On to the next. So-